Hello and welcome to the Grace Place NYC. We are a church in the neighborhood of Hamilton Heights in Harlem. Our purpose is to live for Christ, love the lost, and transform our culture. Good morning, church. I hope you had a wonderful, restful, joy-filled Christmas. My family and I, we usually go out of town to visit family either in Texas or Missouri, but this year we um, stayed here in the city to kind of get settled into our new apartment. So although we love being with family during Christmas time, it was nice to just uh, be together with us for kind of an intimate uh, Christmas for us. Well, I am super excited about entering into a new season for our church. Two beautiful, strong, unique communities are coming together and becoming one. It's no longer just the Grace Place or just Dream Center. It's something brand new that God is birthing, and I am very much looking forward to what this is going to look like in 2021. God is doing something fresh and new in the city, and I am honored to be a part of this, and I hope that you are too. And what's even more exciting is that you, those of you watching or listening today, You get to be a part of what God is orchestrating in this city and in this world in this specific time and season. That is super exciting. So today we're starting a brand new series, uh, a two-part series entitled The Hidden Power of Fasting. We're also kicking off a 10-day fast starting tomorrow that will go all the way until January 13th. It's been a regular rhythm in my life since I got saved at age 17 to start off the year with an extended fast, an extended time of fasting. And it's been uh, a part of the rhythm of the grace place to the last four years to start every year in a corporate fast as a church. I've done several 21 day fasts. I've done uh, some 14 days, 10 days, three days, uh, a ton of just one-day fast throughout the year or meals. And so I say that not to brag or boast, but to say that I have experienced the firsthand power and benefits uh, of this spiritual discipline of fasting and specifically starting the year off with a fast. Uh, So we're asking for the entire church to join us in this fast to begin 2021. How you start something is incredibly important because it sets a precedence for the remaining year. Uh, If you're running a race and you start off slow, you might not ever catch up. And so it's imperative in a race or in life as we start something that we start it off well, that we start it off right. And I know no better way to start off the year than in the presence of God through prayer and fasting. So We want to start this year off in strength, and that's exactly what we're going to do as a church body. Uh, Before we move on, let's define what biblical fasting is, and it's a very simple definition. Uh, Biblical fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. It's refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. Now, biblical fasting is not just refraining from food. That's called a diet or starvation. Uh, Biblical fasting is always coupled with prayer, okay? You're not doing a biblical fast if you are not praying as well. If you're not setting aside time, 
It should be the time you spend on meals, preparation, eating, all of those things. That should be time set apart to pray and get into the presence of God. As Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Biblical fasting is the hunger and desire for God's presence more than food. Uh, it's, it's the act and discipline of hiddenness to the world while uncovering ourselves to God. This is so important for you to understand. Fasting is not just some mechanical act to get something from God. It's actually a relational act to draw closer to God for a specific amount of time. And the hiddenness aspect of fasting is where the power lies. The more we hide ourselves from the world and uncover ourselves to God in prayer, the more power you and I are going to receive from the Holy Spirit. So let's look at our text for today, which is found in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is found in Matthew chapters 5 through 7, and it's Jesus' magnum opus in which he tells us what life looks like in the kingdom. It's Jesus' vision for his kingdom. And specifically in chapter 6, where we're going to be at this morning, he talks about how life in the kingdom looks like a life of generosity, verses 1 through 4, a life of prayer, which we find in verses 5 through 15, and a lifestyle of fasting, which we'll find in verses 16 through 18. Fasting is a vital part of our spiritual formation. It's a part of our Christian living. Fasting is vital to our formation as believers, and it's supposed to be a normal rhythm of our lives. However, at least for me, fasting is incredibly difficult and challenging. Fasting is hard. And if I could be honest, it's not something that I look forward to doing. I actually dread fasting, and only after I'm finished with the fast do I look back and say, man, I'm glad I did that because of all that God did in my life. But leading up to it, it's something that I dread. I, I love eating. I love food. I love all that comes with that. And so it's hard. I get you know, I get headaches and body aches and feel weak, and my body, it takes a toll on my body. But hard things don't mean you should avoid them. The spiritual benefits of fasting far outweigh the difficult parts of it. St. John of the Cross, who was a Spanish Catholic priest, said this, Strive to choose not that which is easiest, but that which is most difficult. Do not deprive your soul of the agility which it needs to mount up to him. Fasting cleanses the soul, raises the mind, subjects one's flesh to the spirit, renders the heart contrite and humble, scatters the clouds of concupiscence, quenches the fire of lust, and kindles the true light of chastity. Enter again into yourself, said the theologian St. Augustine. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. And it says this, this is the words of Jesus. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with, sad, with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Verse 17, but when you 
fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I like how the message paraphrase puts it. It goes like this. When you practice some appetite denying discipline to better concentrate on God, don't make a production out of it. It might turn you into a small time celebrity, but it won't make you a saint. If you go into training inwardly, act normal outwardly. Shampoo and comb your hair. Brush your teeth. Please do that. Uh, Wash your face. God doesn't require attention-getting devices. He won't overlook what you're doing. He'll reward you well. In addition to laying out a vision for the kingdom in this sermon, Jesus is also confronting the Pharisees' desire to put forth a false image of being super spiritual. Uh, You ever meet a super spiritual person before? Everything is this enormous sacrifice to the Lord for them, and they want everyone, they want the whole world to know about the sacrifices they're making for God. They walk around with their head down because it was such a huge sacrifice to come to church, and they're doing God this big favor, and they want everybody to know how much of a favor they're doing God for just showing up in church. You ask them how they're doing, and they answer, praise God, brother, life is, life, is, uh, life is hard, but God is sustaining me. I'm a little tired because I just came back from an all-night prayer meeting, but I'm making it, right? They have to let you know they've led 20 people to the Lord this year. They, they, just, they, they want everybody to see how spiritual they really are. The Pharisees got their identity from their piety, from their religious obligations, From the outward view of things, it looked like they were devoted to God, but their devotion was actually a form of self-salvation. They were, in essence, trying to be their own saviors by what they did, their, their behavior, the things that they did, the rules that they followed, the obligations that they held to. It wasn't their bad outward behavior that kept them from God. It was pride in their good deeds that kept them from Him. One commentary on this passage says, it is the tendency of man to miss the inner reality of the kingdom in the outward trappings of religion. In these verses on fasting, Jesus teaches us that the Pharisees craved notoriety from man for their fasting. It's right there in verse 16. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Uh, sad countenance here, that, that, that phrase, is an uncommon word in the New Testament. It was only used twice, and it means dreary, looking downcast. It means gloomy. And so the Pharisees made themselves look like this on purpose because they wanted people to know how hard and difficult and challenging fasting was. Jesus is teaching us that fasting is not about being seen or noticed by man. It's about gaining a greater understanding that we are seen and known by God. And because we are seen and known by the Father, we don't need our fasting to be seen and known by man. During the next 10 days, we are resisting food so that we can pray and delight ourselves in God. The table is a place to commune with others over delicious food and drink, and we all enjoy that. But seasons of fasting are for our body, soul, and spirit to be given wholly to God. 
It's resisting the table for the altar. In this passage, Jesus was confronting the Pharisees because they would purposely make themselves look unkempt and sloppy and sprinkle ashes on their heads so that everyone would know that they were fasting. And it's not even that people knew they were fasting that was the problem. It was the motivation behind their fasting that was impure. They fasted in order to put on a show so that people would think that they were super spiritual people. And to Jesus, they had already gained their reward. Their fasting was a form of works righteousness. If I fast, people will think I'm righteous. And if people think I'm righteous, then God will be happy with me. That was their attitude. Our motive for fasting must be to draw closer to God, push away from the distractions of the world for a season, and get into his presence. My second point on um, on uh, fasting is this. Hiddenness is the main characteristic of fasting. Hiddenness is the main characteristic of fasting. Fasting is the deliberate denial of our flesh. But the Pharisees were glorifying their flesh by drawing attention to themselves through their fasting. Listen to what Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 3 says. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. There are treasures and hidden riches in the darkness and secret places. There are things God wants to reveal to you about yourself and about him that will only come as we hide ourselves through prayer and fasting and reveal ourselves to God. As we say no to something so important to our bodies and decline social activities involving food, there is a natural hiddenness that takes place. And it's in this hiddenness that we posture ourselves to hear from God. It's, it's in this hiddenness that we posture and position ourselves to receive these eternal riches and treasures from God. Jesus in our text tells us to not fast for the notoriety of people, but for the Father who is in the secret place. See, the Father is not in the crowds. He's not in the public square as we declare that we are these uh, spiritual people that are doing God a favor by fasting, that we're trying to create this image about ourselves. That's not where you find the Father. You find the Father in the secret place. You find the Father away from the crowds, away from the frenetic pace of the city. You, you find the Father as, you're, as you shut yourself away in the secret place. That's where you're going to find him. Jesus himself hid himself away and fasted and prayed for 40 days and 40 nights, which gave him the strength to resist the temptation of the devil. This happened before in preparation of his public ministry. I truly believe that we are going to have residual results, answered prayer, breakthrough in areas, divine favor at different times throughout the year because we're starting this year with prayer and fasting. I believe as our communities join in on this fast, there's going to be a supernatural unity that rests on our communities as we move forward in strength together 
And I believe it's going to happen as we come together corporately and fast and pray together. I am so excited about this upcoming season. I, I believe that, that God is going to do so much more uh, in our communities than we could do individually. I, I believe he's going to do so much more in the Grace Place and Dream Center as we come together together as, as uh, we would accomplish if, if we just were um, like these individual communities in the city. As you enter this season of prayer and fasting, what will begin to happen is that your spirit will begin to get uncluttered from the cares, concerns, and angst of this world, and you will begin to become more and more sensitive to the voice of God. I truly believe that if you join us on this 10-day fast, you are going to experience incredible, incredible joy in your life. You might have never thought about fasting as a source of joy and pleasure, but it can be, and I believe that it will be. It's just that many times we think joy and happiness come from superficial sources, and because of that, we miss the deep joy that come from things like fasting. Theologian and pastor John Piper said uh, in his book, Desiring God, it is not a bad thing to desire our own good. In fact, the great problem of human beings is that they are far too easily pleased. They don't seek pleasure with nearly the resolve and passion that they should. And so they settle for mud pies of appetite instead of infinite delight. Piper is saying that we settle for pleasure in things that could never give us ultimate pleasure because only in God can we find that. Listen to what 17th century theologian Blaise uh, Pascal says, There once was a man a true happiness of which now remained to him only the mark and empty trace, which he in vain tries to fill from all his surroundings, seeking from things absent the help he does not obtain in things present. But these are all inadequate because the infinite abyss can only be filled by an infinite and immutable object, that is to say, only by God himself. The chief aim for the next 10 days is for you and I to delight in God. And as we delight in God, I believe he is going to speak to us. I believe he is going to bring clarity to areas of our lives that are unclear. I believe that some of us are going to experience supernatural healing and miracles as we delight in God. So let's get super practical here. When I say we're doing a fast, what I would like is for you to fast food, right? Whenever we call these fasts as a church, people start to choose all sorts of different, different things to fast. And they're not all bad, but I, I, I say this, I say that I want us to fast food because fasting food is probably the hardest fast you can do. And it truly requires grace. Like you can't do that on your own. You can't do that in your own strength, right? Food affects our bodies and emotions and really requires us to trust God for our sustenance. And that's that's really what fasting is about, right? It's about trusting God for something that that we get naturally from food. And it requires grace and it requires a supernatural strength. And that's the place that I want us to be in. Uh, philosopher and spiritual formation expert Dallas Willard uh, put it this way, 
fasting confirms our utter dependence upon God by finding in him a source of sustenance beyond food. Now, if you're not able to fast food because of health conditions, then fast something that would be considered a sacrifice for you to abstain from, like TV or social media or video games or purchasing clothes for you shopaholics, something that would actually require grace, something that would actually require you to trust God in. It it needs to be something that you just can't do in your own strength or it's just not something easy or you're not even going to think about or you're really going to miss out on the benefits of this. If you are fasting food, there are three different types of fasts in scripture, and I'm just going to blaze through this. There's an absolute fast, there's a normal fast, and there's a partial fast. An absolute fast is a fast with no food or water. This should be this should be done um, in only small increments of time, and, and it should be done uh, with you uh, consulting your doctor because, um, I mean, this is super intense. No food, no water at all. A normal fast is when you go without food, but you drink plenty of water, and you might even include uh, some broths or some juices as well, but it is no no food at all. And then there's the partial fast. This could be fasting from sunup to sundown. This could be giving up specific food and drink for a time, like coffee, sweets, um, uh, something that you really love, right? That you're giving up, and that's what you're you're fasting. And then the the and under the umbrella of the partial fast is the Daniel fast, which is probably the most popular of the uh, partial fast. And it consists of water, fruits, vegetables, uh, whole grains, and beans. And you can find this fast in the book of Daniel. And so I want you to pray and I want you to ask God, like, what would he have you fast in this season? Like, it, it does, does he want you to, to do that normal fast when you're going you're gonna to go without food for 10 days? It, does he want you to do a Daniel fast or does he want you to fast from sun up to sundown? Does he want you to give up a certain food or drink for the 10 days? I want you to really pray and ask God for what he wants you to do. And then when he tells you or when you feel peace about something, I want you to be obedient and I want you to walk in that because I want God's best for your life for 2021. I want I want God to do something incredible. I want you to uh, I want you to lay a foundation for God's blessing in your life moving into this year. We're going to also we're going to also be sending you daily devotions for you to reflect on during these ten days, and I believe it's going to be very special. And we're also uh, we're also going to send some resources your way so that you can kind of dig even deeper into this fasting. And so that you can really build your spirit over the next 10 days. We really want to resource you and we really want to equip you as we enter into this season of fasting and prayer. So make sure that you look out for those uh, emails or texts um, with the devotions. Make sure you take advantage of these things. It's going to be it's going to be amazing. And as testimonies start to happen in your lives, right, as God starts to move in miraculous, supernatural powerful ways in your lives, uh, let us know because we want to encourage the body of Christ with what God is doing in your life. We want to we, we we testify to what God is doing, and, and we want to highlight 
what God is doing. We, we've heard so much bad news in 2020, right? There, there was just one thing after another, and when you thought it couldn't get any worse, then, you know, something just happened to just, uh, you know, that just kind of just discouraged you all over again. And so I really, this year, I want to highlight the things that God is doing. I want to highlight the testimonies in your lives. I want to highlight the breakthroughs in your lives. I want to highlight the answered prayers in your lives. I want to highlight the healings and the deliverances that you guys are experiencing. And so as we enter into this fast, church, I really want to plead with you to press into this. Press into this. Don't just let this come into one ear and out the other. I want you to take this serious. I really do because I think... I think that we are going to reap the benefits of this. And most of all, you if, you, if you take this challenge upon yourself, you are going to experience God in ways that you've never experienced before. You're, you're going to hear from God. You're, you're going to set yourself up to be sensitive to the voice of God, and He's going to speak to you about things. And and he's going he's gonna to move in your life and, and, and your intimacy, which is most important, with the Father is going to increase. Amen? Well, grace and peace to you. Let me pray. Thank you for being with us at TGP NYC. You can listen to other sermons on Spotify or wherever else podcasts are available. For further details about the Grace Place, please visit tgp.nyc.